Welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Ben Q. Ben Q is a columnist and English editor at El American. He has some thoughts about the intersection of sports and social justice movement. We movements. We may also talk about BLM, Black Lives Matter. Ben, thank you for being on Indisputable. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I love the concept of this show, which is basically creating mutual dialogue between conservatives and liberals. I think that's a way forward, not just for America, but the entire humanity effectively. If we can debate these things civilly and respectfully, that's how we're gonna find solutions moving forward. So thank you. And thank you for saying that very well said. And I appreciate your sentiment and spirit as it relates to why we do this. Uh, Let me first ask you this question because I do not want to presume what you believe. Um, What are your thoughts about players, those that operate as professional athletes getting involved in social justice uh, issues? Well, look, I think every sports person has a right to their own voice and if they really believe you know, in in whatever the movement, and they have a right to express that opinion. My real um, contention is teams, and this isn't, I mean, I'm actually European, I'm from Britain, and this is something we've seen in the European Championships, but it's also something we've, um, we see with, you know, we've seen a lot over America in the past few years, and currently with the women's um, uh, national soccer team, are these um, public demonstrations, basically, um, that are of a political nature. Now, the reason I really don't like that is that we can get into whatever you think about Black Lives Matter um, and the social justice movements that are often brought up. But what I really, really object to is this uh, crossing over of sport and politics. Now, in this case, it happens to be left wing politics. But I would like to think if right wing politics would be the same thing. Because ultimately, sport should be able to be enjoyed by a communist, a fascist, a centrist, a liberal, a conservative, a socialist, whoever. Sport really should be for everyone and it should be one of the few things that unites us. And when people make these um, sort of outward displays of political, um, of you know, outward political statements right on the pitch, I think that really undermines that unity um, of what people enjoy about sport, which is the fact that we all love sports or most mm-hmm. of us love sports. Okay. And we're there to enjoy the quality um, of the sport, not be subjected to political statements. Okay, so let me try to demystify Black Lives Matter as it relates to politics. Black Lives Matter is not a political movement. They do not subscribe to a political party. They are not a part of a political wing of any party. Even some of the more left-leaning parties left to the Democratic Party in the United States of America. Just because something has become politicized does not mean it is inherently political. You have to be very careful about how people will conflate the two. So that's number one. Number two, when we talk about social justice movements, social justice movements were never meant to be political. Let me take you back to the 60s. Dr. King's social justice movement, the civil rights movement of the 1960s and beyond, 
That was not a political movement. That was a movement for civil and human rights. So that was a movement of dignity. Now, did it become politicized later? Of course it did. All things become politicized on some level, even sports has some political elements of it if you get in the right room and have the right debate. Let me take you back to what has routinely happened on the field. If you're saying that sports should not have these expressions of various value systems and beliefs. If you're saying that, Q, let me ask you, man. Did you have that same philosophy when players to this day They routinely engage in team prayer, it's not mandated, but the team can get together, they can pray, they can break from that prayer, and they can play the game. They do this on the field when they make a touchdown. We have seen players take a knee when they make a touchdown to pray to their God. That is part of their value system, this has been accepted. Is that political? Is that biased? Does that mean that atheists cannot enjoy that game because there's this outward expression of a faith system? Explain that to me. Why has nobody made that an issue? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things I'd like to pick up there. I mean, firstly, you're saying that Black Lives Matter is not inherently political and it's not linked necessarily to a political movement. But I think. I mean, you can you can say that, and I, I I think you know you may be saying that from a genuine place. However, I feel that that's a bit like saying, well, you know, the right to the Second Amendment is not political, even though it's extremely aligned with the Republican Party. The pro-life movement is not political, even though it's extremely aligned with the Republican and conservative movement. So I think the two things are interchangeable, and I think it would be intellectually dishonest to say that Black Lives Matter is not a movement of the left by the left. Um, Well, explain this to me, but before you go to your second point, what is it about the movement for black lives that makes it political? And if it is in fact political, as you say, um, was the civil rights movement led by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. political? Was the protest of Muhammad Ali simply political? Were all of these things political and nothing else? Well, yes, I mean, I think that although I very much admire Dr. Martin Luther King, he was protesting against the the politics of the day. So I think that was inherently a political movement. Now, the way that times have, the way that society has developed means that, you know, a vast majority Americans now um, agree with Martin Luther King, but a vast majority of Americans don't agree with Black Lives Matter. So um, to 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 get to your point there, I think that they are they are yes, Dr. Martin Luther King was um, a political figure as well as a religious figure, but he obviously um, but you know what he did at the time did go against the grain. You're absolutely right, but. Um, people have come to accept that. Now, maybe it'll be that people will come to accept Black Lives Matter. My opinion is that they won't. Um, so I think that really you can't you can't separate um, politics from, from Black Lives Matter or from Dr. Martin Luther King. Okay. I do think right. that Dr. Martin Luther King's message of judge every man by the content of his character, not the color of his skin, is very different to a lot of the kind of stuff that's coming out of the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, let me go ahead, let's talk about that because that one statement is utilized primarily by white people 
out of context. I actually teach policy at the university. I teach a class on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I teach critical race theory. I've been teaching critical race theory for five years. So let's talk about that statement in just a moment. But I have to address first um, your issue of um, conflating politics and policy. While Dr. King's movement was not a movement against the politics of the day, it was in fact a movement against the policy of today, of that particular day. Uh, policy is a social contract between the community and the government. He was fighting for a better social contract, contract evidenced by the fact that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. worked with Democrats and Republicans. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. worked with those on the left and the right. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. actually left the safety net of black Republican elites in the city of Atlanta that his father was connected to in order to say we are opening this discussion up for Democrats to get right on this policy. So it was not a fight against the politics or partisan politics, it was literally a fight for better policies. Let me go to um, your statement about Dr. King uh, and the content of your character uh, statement. Uh, have you heard that whole speech? Well, I mean, I couldn't recite it, but yeah, I've listened to it. Um, uh, it's part of history class and you know on YouTube. Okay. But I mean, I couldn't right. recite the speech for you. Okay, so in that speech, uh, Dr. King did talk about um, how people should be judged, uh, but he was not talking about it in a euphoric sense. He was not talking about it as a practical dynamic of America, but something that maybe uh, could happen one one day in the uh, future. So let's talk about what he actually did say about policies in the United States of America. He said that his American dream had actually become an American nightmare with an NBC reporter during an interview after 1964. Dr. King also said that in order to correct what has happened to black folks in America, you need a systems approach rather than an individual approach. Here's what he meant by that. Individual racist people are not your actual problem, but the policies and the statutes are the problem. It is the system bias that's the problem. One of his proposed remedies was to create a universal basic income, a monthly basic income for black people all in the United States of America as a way to create an economic floor that black people can rise upon. So that was his remedy, literally that remedy is a similar remedy that people that teach critical race theory talk about. They talk about it from a system perspective rather than an individualistic perspective. He also said that it is one thing to sit at a restaurant where you want to sit. It's another thing to be able to own the restaurant. Well, that was Dr. King making the argument of equity rather than simple equality. He said in another interview that what he was fighting for became a courtesy rather than true equality. He called it genuine equality was not achieved with the civil rights movement. He was critical of his own movement later in his life. So if we're gonna quote Dr. King brother on this show, make sure you quote him correctly and take the time to research the man rather than utilize him for a talking point during a debate. I actually have studied the life of Dr. King and I would really appreciate it if more white people would do the same rather than quoting one damn comment out of one speech that you barely listened to. Do you understand my yeah, frustration I mean, with that? I, I say what I understand what you're saying, and I I, um, I accept that I'm no I'm no expert on Martin Luther King, but I think that that one phrase is actually the 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 encapsulates for me and for lots of people across America and the world 
the 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 core of the anti-racist movement, which is that basically we should not be seeing people and judging them and treating them on the on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. So but we agree on that. I accept your criticism, and I'm not going to push back on you on the matter of Martin Luther King because I'm no expert in him. Okay, uh, but I think uh, it's I do one- need to correct you on one factual point. You okay. said the vast majority of Americans are against Black Lives Matter. Uh, Media Matters, uh, they they have this highlighted, that the study was done. Actually, 51% of Americans agree uh, with uh, the movement for Black Lives or Black Lives Matter. Uh, so you're incorrect on that fact, 51% of Americans are for the movement of Black Lives Matter. Go ahead. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, it's impossible to be against um, uh, the, the core and the name of the movement, which is that you know, Black Lives Matter and Black Lives do indeed matter. And I think that, you know, 90, 95% of Americans um, would agree on that. But that's not uh, true, but but that's not true. 49% of Americans disagree with it. Uh, so you well, said well, that most yeah, Americans- the movement, and I'm one of those people who is opposed to Black Lives Matter as a movement. I'm not imposed, yeah. I'm not opposed to the, the core, uh, the, the core idea, which is that, um, you know, black people should not be uh, getting gunned down or choked or whatever for um, you know by police in in the way that George Floyd was. Ben, uh, what elements of the movement do you disagree with for Black Lives? Well, everything from defunding the police to uh, questions around the nuclear family and over, overthrowing capitalism. I mean, it's just completely antithetical to everything a conservative believes in. But one thing Describe you- Describe what, what you believe defunding the police is this means. question though. You know, you said that Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King was very, you know, did not want or was happy to work with Republicans and Democrats. I'd love to hear how Black Lives Matter are working with Republicans uh, and you know, black Republic, black Republican voices to create a bat, a better America for um, for Black Americans. Yeah, because I would love to hear how many Black Republicans part of the left wing of the Democratic. Party. I got you. So let me respond to that, Ben. I would love to hear how Black Republican leaders are working with these young Black leaders in the Black Lives Matter movement as well. I would like to see what Olive Branch they have extended to this organization or the movement itself. All I have seen is a token approach and they have basically deflated the agenda that many of them believe in. Let's talk about defund the police since you brought it up. What's your understanding of defund the police? What do you think that means? Well, I mean, the core of it means that taking a lot of the resources, perhaps all the resources away from police departments across America. And uh, that is, as far as I'm concerned, a recipe for disaster. And I think most people would agree with that. I mean, what else can it mean? If you have a different definition of it, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Uh, Defund the police is actually the middle ground. Eliminating the police is the extreme. Defund the police means uh, to prioritize the budget or reprioritize the budget and reimagine what policing can be. Uh, Everyone who watches me, they know that I use the example of Ithaca, New York, because Ithaca, New York did not wait for a George Floyd incident um, or a Breonna Taylor incident. Ithaca, New York, they looked at their 911 calls and they said, you know what? 51% of our 911 calls did not even require a police officer, but it required a social worker or community liaison. So what did Ithaca, New York do? 
They decided to create a new policy. The city council voted on this policy that said for every two police officers that either get fired, transfer or resign, we will hire at least one social worker to the ranks of the police department. Because our community has told us that we are in fact in need of this more so by way of 911 calls than we are in need of the other. Now let's look at the stats, brother. Police solve 2% of major crimes. That is a recent study that just came out two weeks ago. 2% is their success rate in the United States of America. It's at 11% in districts that perform to a higher level. But that's your maximum is 11% solve rate by these police officers. There's not a city in America, brother, that has been able to arrest itself out of socioeconomic dysfunction. Name me one city that arrested so many people that it resolved their issue of criminality. There is not one. You have the state of Chicago, they have more police officers than ever before. They have a budget higher than they ever had since the beginning of their charter. Their crime is higher than ever before, especially their violent crime. Their crime is going up. They have more cops, more arrests, more prosecutions, crime is still going up. They got more money, crime is still going up. Here's what you have to do, and I want I want I want to get your response on this. If you're not addressing the underlying issues that lead to the criminal activity, such as alcohol addiction, drug addiction, mental health disorders, um, crimes of survival, if you're not addressing those issues that lead to 88% of the arrest in any city in the first place, how do you think you're going to arrest yourself out of that problem, Ben? How? Well, listen, I I just want to kind of turn that on its head and say that I completely agree with you that actually arresting your way out of um, uh, out of problems is not going to fix things. However, it's, if that is really what you believe, which is a more social approach to policing, I completely agree with you. But that's not the message that is coming from Black Lives Matter, or at least it's, that's not the message that's getting through to conservatives. The message that we're getting is that the police are inherently bad, they're inherently destructive, they're inherently out to get black people, and therefore, um, they should have their police departments defunded. If that is truly the the idea that you have for policing, which is a more social approach, so that you know if someone is being if someone's being murdered or raped, then obviously you send out a you know a serious force of people to investigate the incident. But if someone is reporting uh, you know uh, um, you know alcohol abuse or someone has overdosed or what or someone's selling drugs, then a social worker might actually be a better a better solution. I agree with you on that, but that's not the message that's getting through to the rest of America. But but is it be to you to say let's not defund the police, let's reform the police. Well the, yes the rallying cry of Black Lives Matter is defund. And defund yeah. to me means take and strip the money away from them. Well, police departments have been historically defunded without the campaign. It's called budget cuts, brother. So there are budget cuts that happen to police departments all over the United States of America. As a matter of fact, I have a list of Republicans that recently voted for budget cuts in their jurisdictions by way of a recent vote. So, but they would say, "Oh, we're not for defund the police. Well, they literally voted to defund the police. Defunding the police 
has been a routine operation for various governments all across the United States of America, and they call it budget cuts. So let's be very clear. The reason why I actually agree with the terminology and campaign defund the police is because it got your attention. If we would have still been saying reform, 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 nobody would have been paying attention to that conversation. But defund the police got everybody's attention. And here's what they mean by that. They do mean reprioritize, reimagine, eliminating the police is what you have conflated to defund the police. But here's what I want you to do, brother. I want you to research people like Shar Bates from BET, who had a town hall with other police officers and explained what defund the police means. People like Councilman Antonio Brown, a progressive that sits on the Atlanta City Council, who routinely votes to fund the police, but also has voted to create a different 911 operation system that allows for a social worker to respond rather than a cop if you hit a particular button on the 911 dispatch call. I want you to research people like Park Cannon, state representative, who's for defunding the police, but explains that it is about reimagining what police actually do. And police officers, they want it too, brother, when you break it down the right way. Because cops don't want to respond for things they're not trained to respond to. You have to reimagine this whole thing in order to get to an actual remedy. Okay, well, I mean, I'll take you your word on that. And I would say that it's the, the onus is on you then. And the rest of people in your in the Black Lives Matter movement, which I, I assume you you know, you feel associated with to say, actually, you know, now we've got your attention. This is, you know, when we talk about defund, we mean reimagine, but that's not the message that's got through so far. Well, the message is out there, and and I think some of it is a willful ignorance to say that we don't know that this is the full message. Uh, and some of it, I agree, is because those on the left, especially Democrats are unable to message properly. So I give you that 100%. Uh, brother, my producers are telling me I'm out of time. Man, it has been a great open transparent discussion. I appreciate you being in the bullpen. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, thank you so much.